This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It is episode 84 of season number two. We are breaking down the Cubs bullpen. And Crowley, we want to remind everybody to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. And right now, we have to uh, talk about a champion. We are going to recap the World Series. The last game of baseball for this season was played last night. Let's get into a couple of uh, items on that and some news and notes to share with everybody. Yeah. Um, first of all, season's over, like you said, and it's award season now. Congrats to Seiya Suzuki, Dansby Swanson, and Cody Bellinger were all named Silver Slugger finalists. Um, we will find out uh, on the 7th who will be the winner for, or no, the seventh, I think is Golden Gloves. I think Silver Slubber is a little later. But um, definitely, you know, Sunday the 5th is Gold Gloves, uh, the Gold Gloves Award, and then later on the ninth is Silver Slugger. So the ninth is when we will find out if, say, uh, Dansby and Cody Bellinger will win. I got I hope Cody Bellinger does, but we'll see what happens. Um, so that's exciting. What is really exciting for me is Patrick Mooney and Sahad of Sharma on Wednesday report that former Cubs hitting coach John Maley coming back to the Cubs staff in 2024. We don't know what his role will be yet, but he, Dustin, I know, I know John very well. I've been to his coaching clinics. He is one of the most respected hitting coaches in the game. He was the Cubs hitting coach in 2015, 2016, 2017. Dustin, those were some pretty good years. Um, the Cubs went to three straight NLCS championships and won the World Series. After the 2017 World Series, they let go of Maley, Chris Bosio, the pitching coach, and Gary Jones, who worked on defense and infield. And I thought that was a huge mistake that greatly impacted the development of the Cubs' young hitters. After Maley was gone, they went through a series of hitting coaches. It was like spinal, spinal tap drummers. Chili Davis was a disaster in 2018. You had Anthony Iapochi coming in from 2019 to 2021. Greg Brown for one year in 2022. And Dustin Kelly uh, took over in 2023. So if you're a guy like Ian Happ, you've had one, two, three, four, five different hitting coaches. I mean, not great. No, um, that's, a lot do- of, that's a lot of revolving door on that position. Correct. And remember that Maley was David Ross's hitting coach in 2015 and 16. After getting dismissed from the Cubs, he was the hitting coach for the Phillies. A lot of those young Philly players learned under John Maley. And then he went to Anaheim where he got to coach Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. 
Um, after man was let go mid season, Maley was let go. So new manager, Phil Nevin could make his own hire. And then Maley became the hitting coach last year for the Iowa Cubs. We went and we visited with him and talked to him about the players. And he did a great job with PCA, Matt Mervis, Alexander Canario, and a lot of other players in Iowa. So I think Dustin, this is going to be a really good move because of all those young players that are going to be there. They're going to have someone there, a voice that they recognize and a very respected hitting coach for some of the older guys as well. What am I missing, Crowley? What what happened? Why did he and the Cubs break up, and now he's back with the Cubs? What what happened there? Any idea? Any I, that's that, that's that a, I share? think I think I don't I don't want to say anything that I, I don't one hundred percent know. I would just say that there's a lot of questions, and I don't think we'll ever know the answers. And if there's a book or a movie that comes out, uh, you know, a tell all one day about this 2016 Cubs team, that needs to be a chapter. I want to know as much as you do. Um, right. But there's a lot of Some people news that on truly, the. Uh, some news on the bench coach. Yep. Andy Green. We talked about it last time. He interviewed for the Mets this week. He also interviewed for the Guardians job. So he's looking at things. Um, and then, Dustin, you talked about the World Series, you know, seven years ago today. That was one of the most high rate, highest rated World Series. Oh, and, yeah. Dustin, the World Series have gone down every year since. And this was a disaster in 2023. We kind of knew it would be, but God, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't think it was that bad of a world series. How about you? Um, I watched more than I thought I would, to be honest. Last night I watched every pitch of it and um, it was a really compelling, intriguing game. Um, but I think it's even harder and harder to measure the ratings and than ever before because everybody watches it or takes it in on a different device or goes out to a bar or is over at a buddy's house or is listening on an app. And I just wonder if there's really a true measurement to how many people are watching the game because they had record crowds at games this year. So that seemed like yeah. there was a new love affair with baseball. And part of that is because of the uh, game being sped up with the uh, pitch clock, right? That is part of it, whether we like that or not, but that was definitely part of it. And again, market size, right? I mean, Texas and Arizona, Smaller markets, not huge populations. So that's also a factor. But at the end of the day, all that matters is, was it good baseball? Did we enjoy what we saw? And, you know, to me, it's like, okay, what can the Cubs learn from the Rangers who lost over 100 games just two years ago, and now we're going to get sized for new rings? Right. Well, when we take a look, when we last left off, Dustin, it was a 1-1 split between the two teams, <laughs> now heading to errors. Now heading to like Arizona. A million years ago now. <laughs> right? And so game three saw D-backs 2001 heroes Randy Johnson throw the first pitch to Luis Gonzalez. I thought that was cool. You remember uh, Luis Gonzalez had the game-winning hit for Arizona in game seven in 2001 against the Yankees. Max Scherzer versus Brandon Fott was the first pitching matchup. As Pat Hughes likes to say, sometimes turning point moments can come early in games. In the bottom of the second, Christian Walker doubled to lead off the inning for the Diamondbacks. The next batter, Tommy Pham, singles. Walker sees the third base coach halfway between second and third wave in his arms, but then just puts his head down and runs through a stop sign, and he is thrown out at home easily on a laser by Adolis Garcia. Pham reaches second on the throw, so runner in second at one out, but the Diamondbacks couldn't get him in. And then right back, right after that inning, 
The Rangers make the Snakes pay. Nathaniel Lowe hit a leadoff double. Jung would strike out, but Lodi Tavares would ground out to advance Lowe to third. And with two outs, Marcus Simeon, Dustin, who had been MIA for most of the postseason, hit a clutch two-out RBI single to put the Rangers up one nothing. And then Corey Seager hits a monster two-run blast to right field to put Texas up 3 nothing. And then in the bottom of the third, Max Scherzer gets out of the inning, but Dustin he pulls something in his back and does not come out in the fourth. John Gray would come out of the pen and pitch three innings, giving up only one hit, no walks, and three Ks. Brandon Fott went 5.1 innings, gave up four hits. Unfortunately, three of those were in the third, and then in the top of the eighth with two outs. Another big injury for the Rangers. Adolis Garcia flies out to center, but he feels something in his oblique. He is pulled from the game. The Rangers won game three, three to one, but they lost their ALCS MVP in Adolis Garcia and Max Scherzer for the rest of the series. So, you know, you're wondering, you know, Garcia was kind of one of the, the lifebloods of that team. One of the, one of the, you know, the drinksters, you know, the ALCS MVP. I think a lot of people were curious how the Rangers would come out in game four and game four to boy, me. Boy, did they was, come out and boy, did they come out. <laughs> Yeah, they did, but that was just an awful game. That was uh, Andrew Heaney took the bump for the Rangers for Arizona at, or for the Rangers, but Arizona decides they're going to go for a bullpen game with Joe Mantiply being the opener. He went one in a third inning. He left with one on and one out, and that's when the Rangers blew it open. A wild pitch by Miguel Castro scored the first run and a few bat, uh, batters later, Marcus Simeon heating up. He hits a two-run triple to make it three-nothing. And then Corey Seager, why would you throw this guy a pitch? Don't let him beat you. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Two-run homer, and the Rangers were up 5-0 in the second. Then in the third, the Rangers loaded the bases for Travis Janikowski, who's only in the game because of the injury to Adolis Garcia. He hits a two-run double to make it 7-0. And then Marcus Simeon would hit his first home run of the postseason. He is now on fire. And Texas put up another five-spot. Dustin, this game was over after three innings. The Rangers became the first team in MLB postseason history to score five-plus runs with two outs in consecutive innings. They became the first team with 14 straight games with a home run in the postseason. Arizona got on the board on a Loris Gurriel sack fly in the fourth, but in the top of the eighth, Jonah Heim answered with a solo home run to make it 11-1. to The D-backs would add four in the bottom of the eighth on a Tommy Pham fly, uh, sack fly and a three-run homer by Lourdes Gurriel. In the ninth, the Snakes would add two more runs, and Bruce Bochy had to go to closer Jose LeClerc to finish the game. 
which he did. And the Rangers won game four, 11 to seven. But I got to say, uh, Dustin Bochy pulling his uh, closer to or having to put his closer into what looked like a blowout game reminded me of the Cubs and uh, Indians in game six when they had a 7-2 lead and, and Madden went and grabbed Ch Chapman to close it out, how nervous he was. Well, he had a win. Well, that, a little different, though, because the Cubs had to win that game, right? They had to win that game and they were going to be eliminated from the World Series. A little bit different. Absolutely. So, but it did, it, I, I understand why it reminded you of it, but a little bit different. There was no tomorrow. For the Cubs in that situation. Yep. And and so as we sit here, Dustin, I thought, like I said, the series was good, but I'm sorry. You can't go with a bullpen game in a World Series. It's the World Series, that, right. That drives me nuts. That, that that was a shame. So do you think that, that was you blame baseball a little bit? Like, should they not play three days in a row? Should there be a day off? I, I you know what? I, I don't have a problem with it. It just, it just stinks. And and it was 13 pitchers in the game. Nobody wants to see a bullpen game in a world series, much less in a regular season game. Um, and you know, it's and, 10 and to nothing, everybody's tuning out. The other thing is once it's 10 to nothing after three innings, Crowley, I, I, show of hands, I, I tuned out. I, 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 I left out. the game. <laughs> I left the game. Right? I, 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 I went guys, back and forth. There's two guys that love baseball. I tuned out. Right. Yeah. What wasn't a good game. And so, Last game in Arizona, Arizona Diamondbacks, winner go home, down three games to one. They have their Cy Young candidate, Zach Allen, on the mound to take on Nate Evaldi and his phenomenal postseason record. And this is what fans are looking for, right? Evaldi versus right. Gallon. That, that's what you look for, right? Great matchup. And Gallon did not disappoint. He was perfect through four. He gave up a two-out walk in the fifth. And the Rangers didn't get a hit until the seventh inning on a Corey Seager single. Nate Evaldi, on the other hand, was in and out of trouble all night long. He went six innings, gave up four hits, and walked five batters. But the D-backs couldn't get a hit when it mattered, Dustin. They were 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. They left 11 men on base, two on they in the first. They were reminding me of the Cubs, the... Crowley. They were reminding <laughs> me of the Cubs with that runners in scoring position stat. Awful. Two on in the first, one in the second, two in the third, one in the fourth. They left the bases loaded in the fifth. The only inning Evaldi did not allow a base runner was in the sixth, his final inning of work. And so Gallen is cruising, but he's got no run support. His no-hit bid, bid ends in the seventh with the leadoff single to Corey Seager. He gets to third on a double by Evan Carter and scores on a Mitch Garver single to make it one nothing Rangers. That was the score going into the ninth inning, Dustin. And the D-backs had to keep it close. They were, you know, we call them the comebacks. That is what people were calling them instead of the D-backs. They got their, you know, free big uh, trade piece in Paul Seawall, the trade they made to get the closer. He needs to keep it a one-run game. But in the ninth, the snakes unraveled. And with a chance for one more comeback, Seawall allowed the first two runners to reach on singles. Then Jonah Heim is going to hit a single to Alec Thomas. He wants to make sure to, to throw it to home. But the ball goes under his glove, goes all the way to the wall, two-run score, and Texas now leads 3-0. He would get the next two outs, but then Marcus Simeon, we talked about him he, he heating up the last couple games, and that's what you need when a guy like Adolis Garcia goes down as someone to step up, and what a time for Simeon he to break his slump. Time. He hits a two-run blast with two outs, and that gives the Rangers a 5-0 lead. They win the World Series in five games. Dustin, they did not lose a road game. 11-0 and on the road in the postseason. Crazy, crazy stat. 
Uh, Corey Seager named the MVP, and I had a little bit of pushback on that. I thought Marcus Simeon should have definitely been in the equation, especially as we just recapped those last three wins. Marcus Simeon heavily involved in all three of those. And what does he do? He bats in front of Corey Seager. So now Simeon's on base. You can't, you have to pitch to Seager, right? You have to pitch to Seager because Simeon's on base the half the time. So anyway, you know, now that the World Series is over, though, Crowley, okay, there is a whole bunch of dates. And this is something as Cub fans, we really got to get into. These dates are really, really enticing. They get me going yes. and get me thinking about baseball. Do not stop listening to Fly the W podcast. Keep listening because no, there's a no, lot no, no, of no. things coming up right now. Tell your friends to listen, subscribe, and leave those five-star reviews. November 2nd, that is today, Dustin. Eligible, eligible players become free agents. There is a five-day window in which teams have the exclusive right to negotiate with their own free agents, but it is very rare for a deal to happen in that window. What does that mean for the Cubs? In five days, Jaime Candelario and Michael Fulmer are no longer Cubs. They are free to test the market. Um, so, Dustin, you know, we talked about Candelario. I'm sh Again, you're not going to sign unless the Cubs really blow them away, which I doubt it. You want to see what the market's going to offer you. That's why people usually don't do in that five-day window unless it's something like an Adam Wainwright or something like that, you know, um, where, where it's like a last type of year or something. So I don't see it happening. Um, it's also this five-day window where teams and players have five days to decide on contractual options. For the Cubs, that includes the mutual options on Cody Bellinger and Brad Boxberger. Marcus Stroman has a choice on his $20 million player option, and the Cubs have club options for Kyle Hendricks and Jan Gomes. The last thing we need to look at is that there are, in five more days, there are no more free spaces on the 40-man roster. So you can have somebody on the 40-man roster, but you put them on the 60-day IL and someone can take their place. So right now the Cubs have like 46, 47 guys on that roster, okay? And so Nick Birdie, Cody Hoyer, uh, Brad Hughes, Ethan Roberts, Nick Madrigal, they all have to come off the 60-day IL, and then the Cubs are, only, again, you have to make sure now all those players – like I said, comes up to 46, 47. All of those players are going to, you're going to have to cut some guys. You're going to have to let some guys go. Some of it's going to be because of, you know, mutual options. Like you're not going to have Brad Boxberger back. You know what I mean? Um, but, and Cody Bellinger is going to opt out. We all know that it's going to be a little while before a decision's made, but we're going to have to keep an eye on that. And that's why you want to be listening to the fly the W podcast. Absolutely right. Well, Crowley, that's a wrap. Don't forget to download, listen, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and of course on Twitter, flythew670 at gmail.com is where you can email Crowley and I. And now you can watch us on YouTube by subscribing to the 670 The Score YouTube channel. Crowley, enjoy the weekend and we'll get back together early next week. We're going to talk about the anniversary and where we were and how we consumed the Cubs championship parade. And we will have a lot of info on the Cubs and their decisions that they make and the players make and the roster. So let's keep watching, keep listening, tuning in, and go Cubs!